talking about sports history, weirdest and wackiest of the professional sports world. One of these nights on Sunday, January 26, 2020, Got a big show for you coming up. This was originally planned to be our Super Bowl episode. However, uh, some tragic news striking the sports world today. That's our first order of business. In case you haven't heard, Kobe Bryant, Los Angeles Lakers legend, fourth all-time on the NBA scoring list, is dead at age 41. A helicopter crash was first reported by TMZ near Calabasas, California this morning. Horrible news in and of itself, but it got even worse as the afternoon progressed after many reports that Bryant's whole family were on board that helicopter. Eventually, it was found out that it was only his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, a basketball player of herself, pretty good player in her own right, traveling to a team tournament by helicopter Unfortunately, due to reported engine malfunction, that helicopter went down and Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant, along with two others, including the head baseball coach at Orange County College in California, all lost their lives. Very sad and somber day in the sports world. Me personally, being age 22, this is the biggest sports death I've ever perceived in my lifetime. Obviously, there have been multiple celebrities over the course of life that have lost their lives due to plane and helicopter crashes, most notably Buddy Holly and Leonard Skinner way back in the 1970s, that group, and one of the more famous plane incidents in the past, the Marshall football team. But this one is going to grip the news scene for a long time. Bryant, 18 NBA All-Star games, five NBA titles, Nine times a member of the NBA's all-defensive team. 20 years all with the Los Angeles Lakers. Remembered as a really strong ambassador of that franchise and the NBA. Dead today at age 41. Tragic news in and of itself, but the part that really struck me was his daughter losing her life. Gigi Bryant, a renowned basketball player in her own discord. Dead at 13. It's horrible, horrible news. Bryant retired in 2016. He went out with a bang in case you've forgotten. April of 2016, in his final game against the Utah Jazz, the Jazz were fighting for a playoff spot at that point. The Lakers had been out of it. They really took a tailspin in the final years of his tenure, but that didn't hinder the five NBA titles that he won while they were in their prime. But Bryant, in his final career game, went out with a 60-point explosion against Utah. All his family was there, including Gigi. So tough to think about those memories and everything that Kobe Bryant did for the National Basketball Association was such a somber outburst over the league today. My personal favorite Kobe moment was his 81-point game against the Toronto Raptors in January of 2003. One of the highest NBA scoring outputs, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the second single game output by volume of total points, only second to Wilt Chamberlain's 100 in the 1960s. You know, the thing that's really special, or I guess really harrowing about this entire thing, was that just last night, 
Bryant was in the news. LeBron James in a game against the Philadelphia 76ers just passed his output of over 33,000 points to take sole possession of third place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Bryant, coming into the night, held that number three spot. And then LeBron, with a bucket last night, slipped by him. So it's LeBron at three, and Bryant dies at fourth in the all-time scoring list just a night after getting passed. Unbelievable timing on there. He also made 12 three-point field goals in a game at a point in his career. That, at the time, was a record. All kinds of NBA athletes taking time to pay tribute to him this afternoon. Kyrie Irving sat out tonight's game for the Brooklyn Nets due to personal reasons. But perhaps my favorite tribute, the Toronto Raptors and San Antonio Spurs both let the shot clock, the 24-second shot clock at that, run completely down to zero as the crowd chanted Kobe, paying homage to the fallen legend. A very sad day in sports indeed, but really mourning the loss of a life taken far too soon in Gigi Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a great ambassador for the game. He was well-respected, always in conversations for the five best players in league history. Dead today at age 41 after a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Very, very sad news. We'll continue to keep you updated I believe the Calabasas Police Department was set to hold a press conference throughout our show, so I'm not quite sure if any new developments will come of this story. But again, the news gripping the sports world today, Kobe Bryant dead, along with his daughter, Gigi Bryant, and three others in a helicopter crash. Bryant was 41. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with some lighter news. Again, I said that this was our Super Bowl edition, so we're going to come back with over 10 oddities from the entire history of the Super Bowl ahead of Super Bowl 54, pitting the hometown Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Don't go anywhere. This is one of these nights on KCOU 88.1 FM. lights you up. You can't deny that. From college to MLB, join me, Taylor Renee, and me, Emma Hayes, as we discuss all things baseball on KCOE Sports' first and exclusively female talk show, A League of Their Own. Tune in every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia or online at kcou.fm. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, kcu.fm on the blue box. 
Are you the type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMo.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMo.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. Make sure to start your week off right by listening to General Emission on KCOU 88.1 FM from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Monday morning. I think he's wrong, though. You're, it's a you're heartless agreeing move. and disagreeing There's, on the same topic. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing that it wasn't a smart move. I'm just not disagreeing with Anthony Davis's dad either. Once again, that's General Admission from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM for the latest updates from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming. KCOU would like to shout out East Side Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. Downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, East Side is a solid place to hang out. One of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM, our first show with our new show time, 5 to 6 on KCU 88.1 FM. In case you miss a show, always available wherever you get your podcasts. Talking a little Super Bowl history, this is our Super Bowl episode. Again, a reminder for our regular, excuse me, our regular listeners, we will not be on air next week due to Super Bowl 54. So instead, we'll go ahead and get all of our Super Bowl coverage out of the way this week. Again, in case you missed it, the hometown Kansas City Chiefs back in the Super Bowl for the first time in over 50 years, they will take on the upstart San Francisco 49ers in Miami, Florida next Sunday on Fox. So in preparation, I've gathered, as you know, this is a show where we talk about the weirdest and wackiest of professional sports. So fittingly, I've gone out of my way to gather a litany of oddities and strange facts of the Super Bowl's 54-year history. Let's start with Super Bowl II, and we'll just run down the list here in chronological order. In Super Bowl II, every Super Bowl has been televised. This was the second. Almost 80% of the United States lost a video feed to the live broadcast due to a technical difficulty. I didn't get what station aired the game, but imagine next Sunday, the uproar with all the media access and all the digital imprint that the Super Bowl makes on the hearts of many Americans. Imagine if it lost 
video signal for a prolonged period of the game. That's exactly what happened in 1968 in Super Bowl II. Jumping ahead a couple years, Super Bowl VI, Dolphins safety Jake Reed came into Super Bowl week with a broken left hand that he suffered in the AFL championship game. So this man was already banged up, already having a tough week, suffered through the entirety of the Super Bowl promotions and everything involved, Super Bowl practices, only to break his right wrist in the game itself. Tough break, but his Dolphins would go on to win despite Reed's two broken appendages. Very next year, Super Bowl Seven again, the Dolphins in. They played the Washington Redskins. This the undefeated Miami Dolphins team, 14-0, only NFL franchise to finish a season with zero losses. They were, despite their confidence, despite their previously undefeated record, they were very aware and suspicious that the Washington Redskins, their opponent in Super Bowl Seven, had planted spies around their practice facilities. You see, Miami practiced in an area that had a tree line within eyesight of where they practiced, and many team officials were skeptical that Washington could infiltrate their practice facility. Sure enough, they decided to send a litany of team employees up to the tree line to check out and make sure that no Redskins were spying. Washington may or may not have been infiltrating their camp, but they were never caught. Miami sent team officials up to the tree line and never found anything, but they still had to go do their due diligence and check. Dolphins went on to win that game as well. In Super Bowl... Super Bowl Nine. sorry, jumped ahead just a little bit. You might know the national anthem saying at every single sporting event, including high school, middle school, what have you, the national anthem is synonymous with sports in America. But at Super Bowl Nine, it was not included as part of the festivities. Instead, America the Beautiful was sung instead of the national anthem. So in case that ever comes up in sports trivia, there you go. Super Bowl Nine, the only major sporting event to not feature the national anthem. Jumping ahead a little bit to Super Bowl 15. The Raiders pitted against the Philadelphia Eagles in what is that franchise's first of third for Philly. That was a really good Oakland Raiders team. They went on to win the Super Bowl over Philadelphia. However, the team was engaged in an active lawsuit against the National Football League, the same league that it surely brought in tons of revenue for in that very same weekend. Oakland wanted to move to Los Angeles, a move spearheaded by owner Al Davis. NFL commissioner at the time, Pete Rozelle, wasn't having it. A lengthy dispute that you can certainly research on your own time engulfed the weekend and the entire situation regarding Oakland in the Super Bowl that weekend. But ultimately, it didn't distract the Raiders from the ultimate prize, John Madden's first and only title as a head coach in the NFL. Jumping ahead a little more to Super Bowl 19, the highest rated Super Bowl of all time. Many project that this year's Super Bowl could beat it. In fact, usually in the modern era, many will predict that it will transcend the prior Super Bowl. San Francisco was also 
in this Super Bowl. They played the Cincinnati Bengals on January 20th, 1985 at Stanford Stadium in Stanford. So that's pretty much a home game for San Francisco. They beat Cincinnati in that one. The highest rated Super Bowl of all time. 49.2% of households tuned into that game. I would imagine that number is going to get pretty close next week. I would imagine there will be well over 40% of Americans tuned in next week's game. Jumping ahead just a little more to Super Bowl 24. My Roman numeral skills are getting tested here. It's good practice. I enjoy Roman numerals. Ronald Reagan appeared via satellite for coin toss on the same day of the inauguration for his second term. Busy day for Mr. Reagan. He handled the coin toss via a satellite feed. Pretty advanced technology for the time. Back in what would have been 19, the middle of the 1980s. Either way, President Reagan handling double duty in Super Bowl 24. Super Bowl 26. And what is otherwise known as the Scott Norwood game when Buffalo's kicker missed what would have been a go-ahead field goal. The Giants, in adoration and excitement, whimsically dumped a giant cooler of cold Gatorade on head coach Bill Parcells and what is known as the first major installation of that moniker. That's right. That was the first ever popularized Gatorade bath when the Giants won it all in Super Bowl 26. Getting to the last couple here. These are notable Super Bowl oddities and strange moments. Now into Super Bowl 30, all the way up to Super Bowl 34. This is when Super Bowl ads took on a life of their own. Throughout the 80s and the 90s, and especially when televisions were starting to get into American households, like I mentioned, 1985, the highest rated Super Bowl of all time. That's when Super Bowl commercials really started to take on a life of their own, but it wasn't until Super Bowl 34 when 30-second ads exceeded a million in value. Can't even imagine what the totals are going to be revealed after Super Bowl 54. I'm also curious what the funniest Super Bowl commercial is going to be this year. I usually like the Doritos commercials. Those are really good. Mountain Dew comes to mind also, but there's always one small company that sneaks in with a really good Super Bowl commercial. So I'll be on the, I'll keep my eyes peeled for that one. We might talk about that when we come back in a couple weeks. All kinds of funny prop bets related to commercials that you can do. So I'll be curious to see what develops in that. By the way, Super Bowl 34, the first Super Bowl that had 30 million commercial spots. Excuse me, sorry. That had 30-second commercial spots going for a million dollars. Flash forward a couple years. Super Bowl 39, pitting New England against Philadelphia. The Eagles, in a strange story, signed Jeff Thomason a former tight end who was working in construction, didn't play with the team the entire season. They signed him to a one-game contract for the Super Bowl. He didn't have to play. They were just reinforcing themselves after presumably injuries to their tight end room. But still, Jeff Thomason can say he dressed out for a Super Bowl that Philadelphia would ultimately go on to lose to New England. Last one, flash forward a couple years, you can 
certainly skip over the Patriots cutting a player in 2012 on the day of the Super Bowl. Don't quite remember the name of that player. I didn't think to write it down because it slipped my mind before coming on to the show today. In 2013, in Super Bowl 46, the power went out in the Superdome. That caused a 34-minute interruption in play. Luckily, Norman the Scooter Dog was in New Orleans to entertain. Several suggested that Beyonce's halftime performance required so much electricity that it drained the Super Bowl from what it could handle. Either way, Baltimore would go on to top San Francisco. That the last appearance for San Francisco in America's Biggest Game. Again, Kansas City and San Francisco set to kick off from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida on Sunday. You can watch the game on Fox at 4.30 Central Time. We'll take our second break of the show. This is one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. More Super Bowl talk coming up. Why one player serves as a de facto binder for the two teams in Sunday's big games. I'll tell you more about that. Here's a hint. He's an NFL Hall of Famer, and he's got something big in common with both teams on Sunday. Don't go anywhere. This is one of these nights on KCOU. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. You're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. Are you the type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMode.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMode.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. 
cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Looking for something that smashes sports content and video game content together into one big late night radio sandwich? Listen to Quarter Circle Backboard, a show in which your boy Chris Mitchell brings you the latest and hottest in sports news that you like and video game news that I like every Friday night at 11 p.m. on KCOU. I talk about everything from football to basketball to Street Fighter to Fallout to you name it. Is it worth staying up past your bedtime? Tune in and find out. Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. Changed our lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think we're being followed now. Don't look. Just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. Welcome, welcome back. KCOU 88.1 FM streaming in the green and gray box. I realized I said the blue box earlier. We come on live every time on Sunday nights at 5 o'clock central, our new time, in case you're returning to the show. But we're also streaming live on KCU.FM in the green and gray box, not the blue box. That was a former amenity to our website and also in the TuneIn Radio app. Talking a little Super Bowl, a week away from Super Bowl Sunday, pitting the local Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Already talked about some of the oddities of the 54-year Super Bowl history. I'm going to get into one huge link that ties both of these franchises that many might have forgotten. You see, the San Francisco 49ers are relatively well-known in the national scope for how much that they've done in Super Bowls throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They are tied for second in the NFL with five Super Bowls, along with the Dallas Cowboys. New England and Pittsburgh both lead with a total of six each for the NFL's supremacy. San Francisco largely, at the beginning of its reign of terror on the NFL, was led by the famous Joe Montana, one of the best quarterbacks of all time out of Notre Dame. And something I was thinking of recently, I actually listened to a podcast about the real Rudy Rudiger. You might have seen the Disney movie Rudy, in which it chronicles a Notre Dame walk-on, a player who eventually got into a game as defensive end, for the Fighting Irish in a game against Georgia Tech in 1970. Great movie, great story. Some of it, as I learned, has been detailed and doctored. However, Joe Montana was a true freshman on that team. Pretty interesting factoid there. He would go on to play a couple seasons for the Fighting Irish and eventually find his way to the 49ers at the NFL level. 
But this week, when the media caught up to Joe, he said, hey, you know, I'm excited for the Super Bowl because one of my teams will win. And that got many thinking, wow, I completely forgot. Joe Montana played for the Kansas City Chiefs. That he did, 1993 and 1994. Kansas City was quarterbacked by the former San Francisco legend. As I mentioned, Montana spent a better part of a decade as the San Francisco quarterback. But after injuries really caught up to him in 1986, he bounced back in a huge way in 1987. However, there was a problem arising within the quarterback room in San Francisco. You see, San Francisco had just traded for a Tampa Bay quarterback, a young lefty, rocking a three-bar quarterback face mask, that being Steve Young. Little did San Francisco know when they made that trade, they had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the same room at the time, but only one starting spot. This led to a huge controversy after Steve Young took off for this, as the starter after Montana had season-ending elbow surgery in the preseason of 1991. Basically, from that point, San Francisco designated Montana as the starter, but Steve Young eventually told management, it's either him or me. And the 49ers were forced to choose between two franchise quarterbacks. Well, Steve Young, in Montana's absence, played really well. Montana got into a meaningless game in 1992. But at that offseason... After the 49ers went on to play in the NFC Championship game, San Francisco was forced to work the phones and try to find a trade partner for their star quarterback. Eventually, the team molded several offers, most notably from the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Initially, San Francisco loved Arizona's offer. They were giving them a lot more, looking for a quarterback. This was pre-Jake Plummer era, obviously, in San Diego. Arizona, I should say. But they also heard from the Kansas City Chiefs, who had been in a significant playoff drought. They hadn't won the division in over 20 years prior. So Kansas City was willing to buck up and give Arizona exactly what it wanted. They beat the Cardinals' offer, send San Francisco a 1993 first-round pick, a 1993 third, and third, I should say, in safety David Whitmore in exchange for the golden Arm San Francisco right-handed quarterback. So after that point, Joe Montana was no longer a sole 49er. He found his way to Kansas City, where in 1993, he helped lead the team to its first division title in 22 years. They had back-to-back -back playoff comeback wins. So Joe sure showed that he still had what it takes to lead his team at that level. But in 1994, he didn't go out with the swan song. Kansas City went just 9-7. and seven. They flamed out in the playoffs. Montana had just 16 touchdowns to 9 interceptions. That was pretty much all she wrote on his legendary career that almost lasted two decades. But either way, a forgotten chapter in the history of the NFL and something that's taking center stage with this weekend's Super Bowl matchup between his two former teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. It's interesting that previously 
quarterbacks synonymous with one franchise have switched jerseys and taken part in a different franchise late in their careers. Notably, Johnny Unitas had a short stint with the San Diego Chargers, and Joe Namath couldn't get off the bench in the Los Angeles Rams in the late 1970s. But Joe Montana found his way to the playoffs with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that eventually paved the way for former Green Bay Packer legend Brett Favre to go on and play with the New York Jets and Minnesota Vikings after his glory years with the Packers. And eventually Peyton Manning, after so many great years with the Colts, was able to go lead the Denver Broncos to his second Super Bowl ring in his final season. Eli Manning also retired this week. In case you missed that news, another Super Bowl quarterback deciding to hang up the cleats. Either way, Joe Montana, one of the most legendary quarterbacks of all time, perhaps with the most rooting interest in this weekend, the Super Bowl 54. A lot of Chiefs fans excited for that around the Columbia area. I'll keep you updated on any updates throughout our show on that, and we'll be sure to recap it uh, if anything particularly special happens um, in our next show two weeks from today. So not Sunday the 2nd, but Sunday the 9th. We'll be back on air on KCU 88.1 FM, recording live on Sunday nights. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you about my experience covering the 2020 NHL Winter Classic and this weekend, the All-Star Game in St. Louis at the Enterprise Center. We'll be back after about five minutes here on KCU 88.1 FM. This is one of these nights. person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMo.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMo.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. Missouri Tigers football and men's and women's basketball on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports is brought to you by El Rancho. Located at 1014 East Broadway, El Rancho provides themselves in serving up fresh and authentic Mexican food. To look at their menu and learn more, go to www.columbiamomexicanfood.com. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Hey, this is KCOU 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest project of this year, possibly next? Come down to our studio in the Student Center, and we can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. KCOU is brought to you by MaxFix. Broken phone? You're in luck. Conveniently located in the MU Student Center behind the U.S. Bank, MaxFix provides a variety of technical services, including crack screen repair, battery replacement, and computer repair. To learn more about MaxFix, visit www.maxfixmazoo.com. For questions and quotes, call 573-219-7551. Let MaxFix take care of all your repair needs. Again, that number is 573-219-7551.
was your day? Fine. Did you learn anything new? No. Anything I should know? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to connect with teens. Use Connect With Me activity cards to deepen your conversations. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. I want my teenage son to be thinking how to deal with life's stresses and natural changes. I want to know how to talk to him about things he'll experience as he builds relationships. I want him to know I'm there for him. I just don't know how. Here is a resource that can get you started. Connect With Me activity cards have been developed to help begin the discussions. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, and I'm committed to defending individuals with disabilities and our seniors from those who seek to prey upon them for financial gain or through abuse. As a father of a child with special needs, I won't stand for it. If you suspect a case of fraud or abuse, call the Medicaid Fraud Hotline at 800-286-3932 or Consumer Hotline at 800-392-8222. Paid for by the Missouri Attorney General's Office. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Harbin. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me on our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. You're listening to KCOU Columbia. Music for your mind, not your money. Tell me something good. Welcome back. This is one of these nights on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Garrett Jones, talking a little sports history, the weird and wacky, and sports history. Touched on the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gigi, a little earlier in the show. So sad the way that's developed. Gigi, just 13 years old. Bryant dead at age 41 after a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. 
many in the sports world paying tribute throughout. You can catch a piece on our website at KCU.FM chronicling a bit of the legacy that Brian left. Continuing our show here today, we're going to wrap up with a bit of a personal story. Don't do this too often on the program. This weekend, my uh, associate sports director, Chase Phillips, and I, my compatriot for the weekend, traveled to St. Louis, Missouri, the gateway to the West, and the host of the 2020 NHL All-Star Game. Big thank you to the NHL and its communications staff for approving our credentials to get out there for a wonderful weekend in St. Louis. And Chase and I were there for the skills competition and the All-Star Game itself on Friday and Saturday night, respectively. The Enterprise Center and Blues fans gave you a lot of credit. Everybody involved with St. Louis Showdown. Head coach Craig Berube led the All-Star team. David Perron, Ryan O'Reilly, netminder Jordan Bennington also leading the Blues and their extremely passionate fan base. I give them a lot of credit for the way that they showed up this weekend. And talking to several players on St. Louis's roster, talking to Tyler Sagan with the Dallas Stars. I was there working for the Dallas Sports Fanatic, a website that I freelance with. Um, it was a pretty special experience seeing the way that everybody came together around St. Louis. And boy, I mean, I don't think I'm mincing words here when I say that St. Louis has been the center of the hockey world in the past calendar year. You look back at this point on January 3rd, they were cellar dwellers in the bottom of the league after a loss to the New York Rangers. They're the first team ever in the expansion era to come back after being dead last in league standings to win a Stanley Cup. In case you've been sleeping under a rock in the Missouri area, St. Louis won all four playoff rounds, all 16 playoff games that they needed. Including huge, huge wins over the Dallas Stars in seven games. They went on to beat the San Jose Sharks in six. Impressive, impressive all throughout the playoff run. Very special team, top to bottom, the 2019 Stanley Cup champions. It just so happened that they hosted the 2020 All-Star festivities. Really, really cool ceremonies on Friday night. I was super impressed with New York's Matthew Barzal. I hadn't seen much of him just being a fan of a Western Conference team. He was very impressive, and I appreciated the effort that he put forth in the fastest skater, derailing Connor McDavid's three-year tenure as the fastest skater with a time of 13.175 seconds around the entire ring. That was super impressive. Shea Weber of Montreal won his fourth, uh, not fourth consecutive, fourth career hardest shot competition. Elsewhere, they introduced a new event called Shooting Stars. Uh, that was where players were shooting pucks off an elevated surface 30 feet above the ice. Dallas's Tyler Sagan participated in that one. Patrick Kane had himself a good weekend, even though he was constantly showered with booze from St. Louis's passionate fan base and the rival St. Louis crowd. He played really well overall. He scored two goals in the All-Star game, the in which the Pacific won again. The Pacific always seems to win the NHL All-Star game in this three-on-three format. Pacific won the final 5-4 to four over the Atlantic. The Central came up short against the Pacific 10-5, to five, and the Atlantic beat the Metropolitan 9-5. to five. Those are all the results 
David Postronk was the MVP. Great experience in St. Louis. Um, Chase and I bumped into Jenna Fisher, a massive St. Louis fan. Uh, she was the honorary captain for the Central team, so that was pretty cool um, to see her there supporting the Blues. Uh, several other great experiences with their friendly staff and media management team. Um, yeah, I got the chance to talk with Tyler Sagan a little bit. Uh, he's certainly pleased with the way that he feels about the way that Dallas is going to perform in the second half. But, you know, St. Louis, this was your weekend, and they certainly showed out, and the fans were strong. Uh, Chase and I actually noticed that we saw 25 out of 31 NHL teams represented among the fans, at least with hockey sweaters. So that was a pretty cool experience, too, to get to see that. But, you know, for me personally, it actually was only, well, I say only, it was the second experience that I got to enjoy at a national NHL event. I also got to go to Dallas for the Winter Classic game on January 1st of this month where Dallas topped the National Predators 4-2. to That was quite an experience. The second most attended hockey game in league history, 85,000 packed the Cotton Bowl in Dallas for that special event. That was a really special day to be associated with the Stars. They really proved that they belong on a national stage, and they showed it. The Stars went down 2 to nothing after Matt Duchesne added a power play goal, and Nashville... At that time, coached by Peter Laviolette, hard to believe that they've already made a coaching change this month where we've seen seven in the NHL this year. But at the time, Dallas desperately needed that win. They started out 5-0 and this year, and sure enough, they've leveled out quite a bit. But that day, certainly special in Stars lore, and it was a great experience getting to be there, getting to speak with head coach Rick Bonus, at least in the interim, Gary Bettman, all kinds of great experiences. So thank you to KCOU. Thank you to the Dallas Sports Fanatic. Two media entities that I owe a lot to um, that I got to experience a couple of those things. The All-Star Game was great this weekend in St. Louis. Again, we've got coverage on our website at KCU.FM. Also on our social media pages, KCU Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you again to the NHL Communications and their staff for having us out. And what a great experience that was. St. Louis. Very impressed with the way that you hosted All-Star Weekend 2020. That's about it for our show. That was our Super Bowl edition. We will not be going on air next week due to Super Bowl 54. This area will be consumed by Kansas City Chiefs hype. I look forward to watching them. I'll be rooting for Patrick Mahomes and company, and I'll say that they win that game 24-21 to in case you're wondering my Super Bowl prediction. So I thank you very much for joining us on this afternoon's show. Be sure to come back in a couple weeks, our new showtime at 5 o'clock Central on KCU 88.1 FM. We're always available wherever you get podcasts. And if you ever have to find yourself away from a radio dial, you can tune in on the TuneIn app and online at kcu.fm in the gray and green box. Signing off for today, we'll see you in a couple weeks. I've been Garrett Jones. This has been one of these nights talking sports history on KCOU 88.1 FM.